This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would, turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 3. New chapter this morning. 1 Peter chapter 3. There's five chapters in 1 Peter. We're hitting the, the hinge point here. So... Um, the last few sections we've gone through have been, Peter has been telling believers how they are to live in different kinds of circumstances. Now, all of us live uh, within uh, a, a government. You know, we live uh, in a country, and uh, we are all to live as submissive uh, to our governments insofar as they don't ask us to sin. And um, last time I was with you, we talked about how servants... We're being told to to submit to their masters as well. And uh, today uh, we're talking about husbands and wives. Um, So that ought to be uh, fun today, right? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Um, This can sometimes be a little bit of a a, um, uh, landmine (laughs) because... Uh, so many times uh, uh, our culture has said certain things and, uh, and that, that um, rubs up against, what I think, what the, the Bible's teaching is. And, and sometimes people can get their feelings hurt, things like that. But uh, I just want to stick with what the Scripture says. Um, don't blame me. Uh, just, I'm just pointing to what the Scripture says. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We'll go ahead and begin with verse 1 of chapter 3. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, we pray that you would give us eyes to see ears to hear, and hearts to obey your word. Lord, give me strength as I preach. Help me to be faithful to what your word says and not just uh, my opinions, but help me to be faithful. And help me, uh, Lord, to, to preach with boldness, Lord. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Peter begins this section by saying, Likewise, 
Of course, that's connecting two things. He had already talked about servants and slaves obeying their masters, and then he says, likewise. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong impression here. I don't think Peter is saying that the relationship between a husband and a wife is the same as that between a master and a servant. That's not what Peter is saying here. (laughs) What Peter is doing here, uh, the likewise, is uh, he's following in a succession. He's talking about believers living under the government first. Then he's talking about believing servants living under the the authority of their masters. And then he moves on uh, to another scenario uh, of wives submitting to their husbands. So uh, whenever he says likewise, he's not meaning that that kind of relationship between a husband and a wife is the same as that of servant and master. Now, here we go. Wives, be subject to your own husbands. Now, this uh, is, is uh, maligned in our culture today, isn't it? Um, uh, the feminist movement um, and pretty much just all of American culture uh, a- a- as a whole would probably not like to hear this statement. Be su- husband, or wives, be subject to your own husbands. Let, but let's take a few moments uh, to, to, to consider what's being said here. First of all, he says, wives, be subject to your own husbands. He is not saying here, women, be subject to men. Okay, there, there, there is something distinct here. He is not saying that this is the case for um, all of society, or that uh, women should be submissive to all men in, in every kind of uh, area. He's talking about specifically in the marriage relationship, that wives should be submissive to their own husbands. Also, um, something we, we need to notice here, um, we might get the idea that uh, Peter would only be talking to Believers here, right? That, that, that uh, women who would be married to uh, believing husbands. But uh, he cuts that off as well. Just like he does whenever he's talking about um, servants being submissive to their masters, even those who treat them harshly, he says, uh, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, that means non-Christian husbands as well. Even if some do not obey the word, They may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. So um, uh, we we know from other scriptures elsewhere that that believers who are single ought not to seek to marry somebody who's not a believer. But I think in the situation here, what we have in in the church here is some uh, were already married whenever the gospel came to them. The wife believed and their husband had not. And so you have a, 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 an unequally yoked uh, couple here together. And what uh, uh, may cross the wife's mind is, well, I'm a believer now and my husband isn't, then maybe I should leave. Maybe I should seek a divorce. But Peter here is saying, no, be subject to your own husband so that even if they're not believers, they may be one without a word. That they might, by your testimony, by your way of life, Uh, be one to the Lord, that they might uh, be evangelized by uh, your living with them. Um, Now, I want to back up here for just a moment. Um, I think this can be misunderstood. 
Uh, I think particularly right now in our culture, we have, we have, uh, which is a good thing, we have an awareness and we have a sensitivity to matters of abuse. Um, I don't think that this is saying that a wife should stay in a home where she's being physically abused. Um, just like um, in the passage we looked at a few weeks ago where it said that uh, we're, we're, uh, we're to be submissive to the government, there's exceptions there, right? There's exceptions. If the government wants us to worship Caesar, we, we, we don't do that. And at the same time, uh, servants, uh, if, if uh, servants are being asked to sin by their masters, then I think there's an exception there. I think in the same way, uh, there's an exception there when, uh, when it comes to a wife who is experiencing uh, physical or um, any kind of abuse, really. Um, and I'm kind of stepping away from the text here for a moment because I want to make sure that it's understood what I'm not saying, uh, what I don't think the Scripture is saying. See, Jesus gave uh, a, um, an exception clause he said that uh, if, a, if a man divorces his wife, he causes her to commit adultery, except in the case of adultery. Uh, there, there was an exception so that uh, in the case of adultery, someone could seek a divorce. Uh, that was permission. That was permitted. But it was not mandated, but it was permitted. Paul, likewise, also, um, he... Um, said that in the case of, a, of, of, a, of a, an unbelieving spouse who would not have their um, wife stay with them, it's permitted to let them go. If they seek a divorce, let them go. And I think that uh, a, a case of abuse would be similar to that. Um, whenever it comes to this case of abandonment that Paul talked about, uh, he says, and such cases as these as well, if we look at that text. And I think um, such cases may include cases of abuse. So aside from that, uh, under the normal circumstances, un- under, uh, under a, a, a relationship of the, of, that is a husband and wife outside of a case of abuse, the normal circumstance should be, Wives, submit to your own husbands, even those who are unbelievers, so that they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. We're getting back to the text here. I had to take that aside because I don't want to be misunderstood. And there is such an awareness in our culture today that I didn't want to be heard saying something that I wasn't saying. Here, Peter then says, uh, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Um, the conduct of these believing wives uh, is to uh, be pure. They're to live a life of, of holiness, of purity, and also be respectful. Now, again, same thing we saw here with the servants. The servants were to um, be subject to their masters with all respect. And as I said last time I was with you, that respect is the word fear. And whenever I uh, uh, talked about it the last time I was with you, I said, I don't believe that's talking about the the servants should fear their masters. No, the fear here is the fear of the Lord. They they, uh, are subject to their masters for the the Lord's sake because they they fear God. In the same way, um, whenever it says here that... uh, 
um, um, that a, a woman's character should be respectful and pure conduct. Uh, it uses that same word. It uses fear. And I think that's the fear of the Lord. She lives within the fear of the Lord. It's not necessarily that uh, uh, she's, she's, it's not that she's fearing her husband. It's that she fears the Lord. She, she's a, a worshiper of God and she um, lives in such a way. Also, uh, concerning these words we've looked over so far, um, how does it describe the unbelieving husband? It says, uh, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word. Uh, I, I believe here uh, they've heard the gospel. These are not men who've never heard the gospel at all. They're, they're men who have heard the gospel. They were disobedient to it. They've heard the gospel and they rejected it. Um, so uh, I think that's why Peter here is saying they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Uh, now, people get saved when they hear the gospel, right? People get saved when they hear the gospel. Uh, now, we can do all the good deeds we want to do. We can go out and wash cars for people. We can, we, can do all, we can give money away to the poor. We can do all kinds of good deeds. But if we're not speaking the gospel, people aren't going to believe and be saved. Now, in the same way, I think here, um, the, Peter is telling these wives that they, are, uh, they can win their husbands without a word. And the reason is, I think they've already heard the gospel. They've already, they don't need their wives to uh, continually keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up and badgering their husbands. No, here Peter is saying they may be one without a word. You don't even have to say anything because they've already heard the gospel. And by the change that they see that Jesus has made in their lives, they'll be one. They'll see, man, you've changed. Something has changed you. Something is real. And that must be Jesus. Next passage. Next verse. Here he instructs uh, wives, do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of the hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, and the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Now, we've seen groups that take this very literally, right? Um, we see, uh, you know, the Amish. They dress very, very plainly and things like that. Um, you may see certain groups that uh, they, 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 won't, uh, they won't even braid their hair. Uh, they won't um, uh, wear jewelry or anything because they're trying to be obedient to this text. I don't think that's what this text is saying. What this text is saying is don't let that be the thing that makes you beautiful. <laughs> right? Don't let, don't let all the externals be what you're caught up with. Don't spend all your time and money and, and all, your, all your efforts towards trying to make yourself look beautiful on the outside. Here, Peter says, instead of all of the externals, focus on the internal. Focus on the, the hidden beauty of the heart, hidden person of the heart. He says this is an imperishable beauty. Remember what he said about gold and 
things like that before, he said they're perishable. They'll pass away. They'll come to an end. But what's imperishable is what's produced by the Word of God. It's, it's that character. It's that, that quite hidden person of the heart that here he talks about. Verse 5. For this is how holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. He's talking about saying this is, this is the way that the Old Testament women, the famous Old Testament women uh, would, uh, would uh, make themselves beautiful. They would trust in God. Um, they adorned themselves by submitting to their own husbands. As uh, Sarah obeyed Abraham, uh, calling him Lord. Um, this, um, I think, may be a reference to whenever um, Sarah, Sarah was inside the tent. And uh, the angels came and told uh, Abraham that... Uh, Sarah was going to be with child within a year. And um, um, Sarah, in, in, in this narrative, Sarah made the comment uh, calling Abraham her Lord, that, um, that uh, her Lord was 90 or 99 years old at the time. Um, now, this is not whenever it says Lord here, it's not talking about like Jesus is Lord, but it's, it's just a respectful term. It's like saying Mr., you know, um, but this is how Sarah had shown respect to her husband. And then, and you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Um, here, Peter is saying, believing women, believing women, um, you can be like Sarah. You can be children of Sarah. Just like we're all children of Abraham, you can be children of Sarah. You can be like her if you do good and don't fear anything that is frightening. Um, again, that fear, we're not to fear human beings. We're not to fear what human beings can do, us, do to us. We fear the Lord instead. Now, that seems like a lot there. That's one, verses 1 through 6, all about women. Peter doesn't seem to be being fair, does he? Because now he only spends one verse talking about the husbands. <laughs> now, I think there's a reason for that. See, I think in all of these passages, Peter has spent the bulk of his time talking to those who were in the position that they were vulnerable to being oppressed. Um, like he's telling Christian citizens... He's saying we're to be submissive to the government and Christian citizens are vulnerable to being oppressed by the government. At the same time, servants. He, he, he doesn't talk to masters here. He just talks to servants and says um, servants are to be submissive to their own husbands or to their own masters. Here, again, he's addressing the group that is vulnerable to the possibility of being oppressed. But here... He does chime in and he says something to husbands as well, where he doesn't speak to the other groups and the others. Here, Peter says, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since there are heirs with you of the grace of life, 
so that your prayers may not be hindered. A couple of things here. Again, he says likewise. Um, He's moving from group to group to group saying how we're to live in a hostile world. We know we're living in a hostile world. Since Genesis 3, we've been living in a hostile world. Um, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. He doesn't say, husbands, be subject to your wives. You know, uh, with the other likewises, we keep seeing be subject, be subject. But here he doesn't say that. Um, The relationship, some have talked about um, the submission in marriage should be a mutual submission. But here, what we see is not the same word here used. It uses submit for for the wife, but it doesn't use that word for the husband. Instead, it says live with your wives in an understanding way or literally live with your wives according to knowledge. Here, I think he's saying to husbands, Know your wives. Don't mistreat them. Know who they are. What they, uh, what, don't uh, try to ask them more than what they can give. He's saying, I think, to husbands. Uh, know, and, and he also, uh, when it says according to knowledge, I think, um, it's also according to the knowledge of the Lord. Uh, we ought to, to treat our wives as Christian husbands should. And, and from other scripture we see... Um, Ephesians uh, chapter 5 tells a husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. I think that's part of what it means to live with our wives in an understanding way. And here he says, showing honor to the woman. Showing honor. Um, This would be really radically countercultural in Peter's day. There wouldn't be anything surprising whenever Peter said to Christian women in the ancient world, submit to your husbands. But here in verse 7, that's surprising. That's, that's, that's something that would be unheard of. Here Peter is telling Christian husbands, be understanding with your wives. Show them honor. Show them honor and, uh, as, to the woman as a weaker vessel. Now, sometimes we get... All offended by that term, weaker vessel, don't we? I don't believe here he's saying, saying that uh, women are any way, in any way uh, intellectually weaker, in any way morally weaker, in any, any other kind of way, other than the fact uh, that I think, uh, I think we probably would all agree uh, that in most cases, men are stronger physically than women. Now, you might be able to find an exception to that, but generally... Men are physically stronger than women. And here, I think Peter is saying, uh, we are to show honor as, uh, when it says also a weaker vessel, I think that uh, um, maybe think of like a precious, valuable crystal vase. Okay? Um, we don't, we want to treat that with uh, care. With, with concern. We, we don't want to be just throwing it around where it can get broken. Uh, and here, Peter is saying we ought to treat our wives as a, a, a vessel, as a, as a valuable, as a uh, precious, honorable um, vase. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Here's another positive thing. 
here. First of all, husbands are to show uh, they're to live with an, in an understanding way. Second, they're to to honor their wives. And third, here we recognize that we're fellow heirs of the grace of life. That reminds us of chapter one. What we praise God for? He's caused us to be born again, right? We praise God because He has a future hope for us that we're heirs of the grace of life. And here, Peter reminds us that our wives are fellow heirs. Fellow heirs. Now, that should also be maybe a little bit shocking in the ancient world. For this reason. In the ancient world, who got to be the heir? The sons. The sons got to be the heir. And here, Peter is telling us it's not just the men. But our wives are also fellow heirs, uh, fellow heirs of the grace of life. We're equally heirs. We're equally redeemed by Jesus. We're equal in dignity and value and worth. We may have different roles that we play in this life, but at the same time, we're equal in value and dignity. And finally, Peter gives a warning. Husbands. We need to be sure that we treat our wives right. We live with them in an understanding way. We honor them. And we recognize that they are fellow heirs with us so that our prayers are not hindered. We don't treat our wives right. They can affect our prayer life. It can affect uh, whether God even hears our prayers. You want to have God hear your prayers? Treat your wife right. Right? Now, all this said, there's a lot of command here. What we do. What we do. But I want to remind us also of what Jesus has done. I'm going to turn to another scripture, just referencing it. Believers, men and women alike, We are the bride of Christ. Jesus left heaven and he picked us up where we were in the gutter. And he brought us home and he washed us clean. And he is sanctifying us and making us and preparing us to be his bride, which he will present before the Father, perfect and blameless one day. Amen. Husbands and wives together. You know, husband, you know, uh, we don't normally uh, think of ourselves as a bride, but that's what the Bible calls us. (laughs) We're all, as believers, we are the bride of Christ, looking forward to our husband, Jesus, who will come one day and redeem us.